Hello, this is Eli Danzi, host of Boney Bella Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Please write a review. Let me know what you think. Having a huge guest come up next. Former abortion clinic worker, abortion facility worker, Abby Johnson is coming on the program to discuss her new nonprofit recently created in the past few years, and then there were none. Her life, her family, all the amazing things she's doing for life in so many ways uh, transforming lives, reforming lives, changing lives, obviously saving lives. So please tune in. Please listen. It's an amazing conversation. Thank you guys so much. Be kind, do good, know that you are beautiful. Thank you. God bless. Good afternoon. This is Eli Danzi with Bunny Belly Podcast. Welcome, Abby Johnson. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited and just it's just a pleasure and an honor to have you on today, Abby. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on and talk to you today. Well, thanks. I I feel like I know your whole family, so it's about time we did something like this, I guess. Absolutely. And I've been I've been following you for years and and listening to you for years and it's uh it's just a real exciting that God's put on my heart to to start this Bunny Bell podcast and as you may know on this podcast we we discuss and help define and and call to act people to be kind, do good and know that you are beautiful in the world. Um and so CEO and founder of it, then there were, and then there were none, as someone may know. Uh, my audience is fairly small, may know you very well, but give people a little bit of a background on Abby Johnson, on your family, kind of a little bit of your history. I know it might be hard in five minutes or 10 minutes, but, <laughs> but give us a little bit of background on yourself, Abby. Sure. So, I worked for Planned Parenthood for eight years. I was a clinic director at one of their facilities there. We provided family planning services and also abortion. Um, that facility is actually now closed, praise God. But um, I got involved there when I was in college at A&M and ended up um, just sort of working my way up the ladder there at Planned Parenthood, left in 2009, October of 2009, after witnessing a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure where I watched a 13 week old baby fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. And I knew then that, um, that there were two things that were true, that there was humanity in the womb. And that abortion took the life of that innocent human being. And so uh, I knew that I was on the wrong side of the fence. I left. And then a couple of years later, started an organization called And Then There Were None. And we reach out to people who are currently in the abortion industry, um, people who want to leave, whether it's nurses, medical assistants, billing personnel, Um, physicians, whoever it is that's involved in the abortion industry in any way who want to leave, we help them get out and we help them find new jobs. We help them uh, with, uh, with legal assistance if they need it. Um, We provide transitional financial support for them. And we also provide professional counseling and emotional support. So 
um, we've really tried to, we have tried to provide a comprehensive program for those who want to leave. And uh, thus far, we have had almost 450 abortion clinic workers leave uh, the abortion industry since we got started. So God's been doing something really good, and we're just excited to be on this journey with with the Holy Spirit and um, and just look forward to, to what's to come in the future. That is amazing. Just so beautiful. Um, wow. That is an amazing story. And I, there's so many levels of life, like saving, life changing, life improving, life redemption that you're a part of. I mean, you went from, I mean, being involved basically in the destruction of life to now not only saving babies on the sidewalk, as I understand it, you're out in front of the abortion clinics often, almost every single day, if I'm not mistaken. And then not only that, but you're saving and improving lives and taking women and men out of the abortion industry. And then on top of that, you're an amazing mother. You've adopted a baby as well. And then you're giving new life to other people. I mean, just tell me a kind of a little bit about your day to day as far as helping people individually from conception to natural death. I think that is so phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, I do, I, you know, go out to abortion facilities and, and pray, um, all the time. Um, and just trying to, you know, talk to those women who are walking in their partners who are walking in with them. Sometimes it's parents, But, um, you know, also just really trying to encourage a culture of life everywhere that we go. And that's really something that we all should be doing from, you know, in our own communities, our own circle of friends, our own families. It's just doing what we can to to encourage and support the dignity of every human life. I'm involved with quite a few projects um, on the board of the uh, Central Texas Coalition for Life here in the Austin, Texas area. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm on the board of a group called the Guiding Star Project, which is a, a medical center initiative that does not pres- prescribe contraception um, or refer for abortion. We are a life-affirming medical model that is opening centers all over the country. And so, you know, and then of course, encouraging adoption, not just to other people, but also adopting within our, our own family and, and just being a mom and being a wife. I'm a mom of seven and that in itself is shocking to a lot of people (laughs) when they hear it. And so, you know, sometimes just the decisions that we make in our own lives are life affirming and be a witness to others. And, you know, it doesn't have to. And one of the things I tell people is that, you know, you don't have to, I mean, I go around and and speak to, to people across the country and, you know, being a, a a pro-life advocate, being, um, you know, even an activist. I mean, a lot of times we, people in the pro-life movement will look to others and say, oh yeah, there that person is a pro-life activist, but I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I'm thinking, no, every single for the dignity of human life is an activist and we should see ourselves as such. And, 
you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to stand up in front of hundreds of thousands of people a year and give a testimony or talk about being pro-life. Sometimes what's even more powerful than that is just talking to people in your own circles of influence and developing those one-on-one relationships with people and talking to your children and talking to your children's look, abortion is happening everywhere. It's happening to people and people that we know and people that we worship with people we go to church with people that are in schools with our children i mean this is affecting one in three country before the age of 45 so we all know someone who has been affected by abortion we all know someone who will contemplate abortion and our lives the way that we live lives the way that the way that we live our lives the way that we speak life into the lives of others can literally save a life. And, and that's really what I want to encourage people to do is just to be bearers and life uh, through our bodies, but sometimes that's also through our words. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. And I I think it's um, easy to get stuck in our own worlds, our own silos and on social media, it's easy to stay in our own worlds, but to reach out to people and just be positive, be happy about life. I mean, to love children, like I have six as well. And um, just the, the beauty of, of a baby to the beauty of a, of a big kid and the struggles that you deal with on a daily basis. I mean, it's all, it's all good. It's all grace. And, um, but I, and, and that's a completely different frame of mind to just love and, and, um, affirm life than, than like a boycott. I remember when I was met, met you on the sidewalk in 2014, it's a little bit different. Like that's an act out there. You have to be, you know, pretty bold and pretty confident and make calls and, 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 um, be somewhat, you know, uh, I don't know when you use the word aggressive, but you really do have to be very, uh, know yourself very well on the sidewalk when it comes to confronting people. Yeah. And I was confronting contractors, so be it. I mean, but you're confronting moms and dads and clinic workers. And so there's a difference there. But kind of tell me about that dichotomy because it can, it can shift really fast between aggressive but also loving and peaceful. Yeah, so... <clears throat> The word I like to use is being assertive. So, you know, we have the truth on our side. And, you know, I often tell people, okay, like here in Texas, we love our blue <laughs> ice cream, right? So if there was a sale at HEB or wherever you're, you know, wherever you live, wherever your local grocery store, whatever your local grocery store is, if there was a sale on your favorite ice cream and they were selling it for 50 cents a gallon, you would be on you would be telling strangers on the street, you would be on every social media app you have telling people about this ice cream for 50 cents a gallon. You would be telling all your friends about it, texting everybody, you know, massive group texts, right? But here we have this truth on the, if on, um, on life. Yet we keep it to ourselves. We don't tell people because we're timid, because we're scared, because we don't want to offend people. And let me be clear with you, the, the people on the other side of these debates are not in the least bit concerned about offending you. And yet here we are, people of faith, Christians that are so timid and 
silent because we don't want to offend others. We don't want to, we're worried about how others will perceive us. And you know what? Christ did not plop us down here on earth to make friends, to be popular, to sit at the popular lunch table um, in the cafeteria. That's not why we are here. We are here to evangelize others. We are here to proclaim God's truth. And part of God's truth is the gospel of life. And so, you know, when we're, when we're involved in things like, like you guys, like your family was heavily involved in the boycott, um, you know, sometimes you have to be assertive. Sometimes you have to, you know, tell the truth to a group of people differently than you would tell the truth to a group of women walking in to have an abortion. And, you know, sometimes it has to be, you know, tempered with just a ton of grace and a ton of love and a ton of mercy. And sometimes you can just tell it to them straight. And I actually, it's so funny actually that you mentioned the boycott because I have a crazy story. So to tell you, and I know your parents would appreciate this. So, Mm -hmm. okay. We hired a contractor to do some work in our kitchen. We bought this house and we hired this contractor to do some work. And so he comes in and, um, he, you know, he starts asking, he's a Hispanic man. He starts, he starts asking, you know, what I do. And so, um, my husband actually was the one in, you know, more contact with him than I was. And so he starts telling him, and this man was Catholic as well. And he starts telling him about what I do. He gives him, you know, both of my books and, um, and he says, Oh, Planned Parenthood. And he says, Oh, I, he said, I don't like Planned Parenthood. And my husband says, well, yeah, we don't either. And so (laughs) then it comes out that he, he tells both of us that he had been working on that building in Austin off of Ben White. Wow. And he was a con, he was one, he was a contractor or he was working for a contractor there and they were building, I don't know, part of the foyer or something in the building. And he said, one day I came to work and there were people there and they told us that this was going to be an abortion clinic. And he said, I didn't know my boss had not told us what we were doing, what we were building. I just thought it was like a medical office. And he said, but as soon as I found out it was an abortion clinic, I went to my boss and asked him if that was true. And he said, yes, it was true. And he said, me and several other men walked off the jobs because we were Catholic and there's no way that we could work for a place that was going to be an abortion clinic. And I immediately thought of you guys because I was like, you know, that had a great impact on that man's life. And, and he said, you know, it was scary to walk out of that job. And, you know, because people that work in construction, I mean, they get paid when they work. And so he said it was very scary, but God provided for us. And, you know, it was because there were people like your family and others who were willing to stand out there, even when everybody thought it was crazy because, you know, who's going to really listen to you? These are just people working, whatever. But it does make a difference. And now that man is really a strong advocate for life because of that experience. And so no matter what we're doing in this movement, it is making a difference and it is touching hearts and changing lives. Absolutely. And I, I can remember when I was a kid, and my dad would take me to the sidewalk and we'd hold signs and just pray for women. And I remember a cop stopping us and saying, why are you speeding? You know, my dad was speeding down the road. And he said, we're going to an abortion clinic to pray for women and babies. And he said, are you really going to give me a ticket for speeding to go there to save lives? 
And the cop just looked at him like dumbfounded, like he didn't know what to say. And I think the cop ended up giving him a ticket. <laughs> but the point is, is, my dad was, you know, a witness there. And, and of course, Sean Carney took that to global. I mean, now he prays for so there's so many countries now that have 40 days for life, which I know you support as an awesome organization. And uh, was, Sean was not is he on the sidewalk when you were in Bryan College Station praying for you every single day to get off the uh, abortion clinic. And now that's what you're doing. I mean, it is just amazing how God works that way that you were able to come off of the clinic being prayed for. And now you're pulling other clinic workers out of that same situation that uh, is just so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's really just, it shows God's goodness and truly that, um, he can turn anything in our past into something really beautiful and something that, that will glorify him. And, you know, even the girls, I didn't have a whole lot of um, conversation with Sean on the sidewalk. He was, you know, more in, he was in the office more, but these other women who came out and were out there every day and talking to me, you know, some of them now are my best friends and, you know, one of them is, is a godmother to one of our children. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's really cool how God can not just redeem lives, but redeem relationships as well. And, you know, it's not like I was, you know, super friendly to them or anything, but um, God does make all things new and he, he can truly turn someone into a new creation. And that's what I feel like has happened, not only in myself, but in my relationships with, with people who prayed for me um, for many, many years. So uh, tell me a little bit about the adoption. I mean, I, I remember you telling me about saying this at the uh, a Woman's Haven speech, and you said that you guys had four or five kids already, and then you decided to adopt, which is an amazing story. I mean, I think you said something about sending in a text to your husband, like, it's okay to adopt or something, but like, tell, tell the people, I mean, people think it's daunting to have two, three, four kids. I mean, we have, we have one or five going on six here in a month. God bless my, my wife and, and God, thank you for uh, his grace, but tell people about seven. I mean, to adopt while having six kids, I, that's just beautiful, but give people the confidence. Like, I think that that is so important. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was really, it was an opportunity that was just sort of thrown in front of us and we had to act quickly because the baby was going to be born in two weeks and um, we didn't know the first thing about private adoption. We had actually always planned to adopt through the foster care system and had gone through, you know, some of those classes and, and so that was where we always felt like we were going to adopt, but here was this baby in need. And, you know, because of the circumstance, the very difficult circumstance, but because of that, she had said, if I, if I can't find a home for him, I'm just going to leave him um, in the hospital under baby safe haven laws. And I just didn't want that. <laughs> I mean, it's a great option for people that have no other option, but I just felt like that was not the right thing for this little baby and felt immediately like he belonged with us. And so, yeah, I mean, I just sort of said yes. And then told my <laughs> husband and, uh, <laughs> you know, I knew he'd come around. So, and he did. Um, 
but it's really, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, God really just is so purposeful in our lives and the lives of others and people around us. And, um, you know, Jude, our son, he's, he's three now and nobody loves being in our family more than Jude Johnson. Like, he, (laughs) I mean, he just, he loves being a big brother. He loves being a little brother. He loves being our son. Like he's just the happiest little boy. And, um, and he loves my husband. I mean, Jude, you know, I think all children need a mother and father, but I look at Jude and I see the attachment that he has with my husband. And it just really warms my heart because if he would have stayed in the situation that he was in, he would not have had that. He wouldn't have, have had a father wow. and in his life. And I just see how desperately he needed that. And so, you know, God really does provide for us. It, <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't plan on adopting, so we didn't have just a bunch of money burn a hole in our pocket, you know, <laughs> to, to do this. But every step of the way, God provided for us in just crazy ways. And um, we never had to worry. We never did worry. We made the choice that when we decided that we were going to move forward with this and that this was God's plan for our family, we made the decision that we were not going to worry and we were going to trust him and we were going to pray. And, and that's, it worked out so beautifully. And I just, I can't imagine him not being in our family. It's so simple. You know, mother Mary said yes to the Holy spirit said yes to angel Gabriel. And she had the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. That was an unplanned pregnancy. So many times in our world, we have unplanned pregnancies, unplanned things happen, but you give your trust in God. He's your guide. You put all your faith in him and amazing things happen. I mean, we we've had unplanned pregnancies. I mean, so many people do and they just say yes to God and just make that choice of life. It's, it's incredibly simple, but some people think, you know, it may be very hard given their situation, but gosh, the stories, I mean, you and I have both heard so many stories of, of uh, redemption and love and grace and just saving. It's just amazing. Life is good. Yeah, Yeah, it is. So, but I wanted to kind of ask you, what can people do for you and for, and then there were none. I mean, that is just an amazing ministry where you've pulled, did you say almost 500 people from abortion? Yeah, about 450. Yeah, about 450 right now. And that includes seven full-time abortion doctors um, who have left the abortion industry and and are now practicing um, in different places. So um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing and something that we didn't even expect. (laughs) Um, So, but you know, it's sort of like that, look what God will do, you know, (laughs) just give him, give him your heart and give him your desires. And he turns it into something amazing. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I would, if people want to know more about what we do, how we do it, if you want to hear testimonies um, from our workers, you can go to our website. It's abortionworker.com are someone who's on the sidewalk and you want to reach out to women or men who work in the abortion industry, we have information on there for you. We have printable um, information that you can get in your hands to give to them. Um, You know, but we actually, 
we do poll the workers that come to us. You know, we ask them a few questions and, and we will ask them what's, you know, how did you hear about our ministry? And the overwhelming majority of them will tell us that they just heard someone on the sidewalk saying, go to abortionworker.com. And they kept saying it to them day in, day out. And so people um, that, you know, these, these workers just ended up going to the website to check it out because it's, it's a little ambiguous. You're like, what is abortionworker.com? Yeah. And so they go to the website just to check it out and they find the truth there. And so, you know, being on the sidewalk and just mentioning our ministry, you don't have to know what to say. You don't have to know how to have a conversation with abortion clinic workers, but just giving out our information has been shown to be really powerful. Um, it's sort of like that red button. Like, you know, you give a kid like a big red button. You're like, don't push it. Don't push it. You know, <laughs> they, can't, they can't help but push it. So um, just giving them the, the information then empowers them to, to seek out some truth on their own. So, can, can people yeah. also give of their time, their talent and treasure? To, yeah, absolutely. To yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're a mighty nonprofit, but small. So uh, we do a lot of good work with a small amount of people and a small budget. And so um, we would love to, you know, have people donate if they feel called to do that. Certainly don't want to take away from um, any local organizations or your church or anything like that. But, um, you know, if someone did feel called to give, um, they could also do that on our website, abortionworker.com. And, you know, if you just, if you're someone out on the sidewalk and you want to get more information on how to have a conversation with abortion clinic workers, the most effective way to talk with them, um, things like that. We are always available to talk with you. There's a contact link up there on the website. Um, you can reach out with us and we'd be happy to talk with you about that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Abby. I really appreciate you coming on. This has just been a real pleasure for me to have you on as a guest today. And um, this kind of starts a series for me of lives and just um, life-affirming people, those who are changing, improving, saving lives each and every day. And, and um, it's just amazing to hear your story. You've, you've been through it all, and uh, you've seen it all. And so God's working through you in, in, in just so many ways through you and your family. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on today, Abby. Thank you so much, Eli. And uh, blessings to you guys. We'll be paying for you and, and pray for us. We'll be having our, our new baby our new uh, baby boy here in the next probably two or three weeks. So uh, pr pray for our family if you would. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. No, <laughs> my kids found out the name the other day. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no. Cause we try to keep it a secret, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all be released soon. So you'll see that. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Another yeah. dance. That's exciting. That's right. But I'll, um, I'll tag you on Facebook and everything. And I'll try to, uh, tell people more about you and we write a little blog and our, our bonybella.com blog and and so um i'll try and put put you out there as much as i can and help people find you in abortionworker.com to help people in their uh, in their lives as well so awesome. but uh thank you thank you so much for coming on today this is the bony bella podcast this is eli danzi i'm so excited to have abby johnson on today and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please write a review. Subscribe. Let me know what you think. Love to hear from you guys. We uh, talk about being kind, doing good, and knowing you are beautiful on this podcast. And so uh, for next time, thank you guys. Thanks, Abby. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks a lot for listening. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe, write our view, let me know what you thought. We're also on the web at bonybella.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Look us up, send me a message. Love to hear from you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Huge thank you to all those who provided their monetary support for this podcast. If you would also like to give of your monetary support, please click on the link in the bottom of the show notes or go to anchor.fm slash Bella. Thank you again. Take care.